0: The Southern Cowboy Podcast is brought to you by Panther Creek Ranch, where we play, learn, and grow. Panther Creek Ranch encompasses nearly 4,000 acres in North Mississippi and boasts a multidisciplinary equestrian stables, summer camp, working cattle operation, a diverse farm education program, and a new equine therapy center. Just 30 minutes from metropolitan Memphis, Panther Creek is your respite to return to your love for horses, the outdoors, and the land. Come see us and experience a taste of Big Sky Country right here in the Mid-South. Email info at panthercreekstables.com or call 662-912-5440 today. Welcome to the Southern Cowboy Podcast. I'm J.B. Farrell. Having been involved in the horse and cowboy world most of my life, I've been fortunate to meet some really cool people with some great stories to tell. And now I want to bring those stories to you. I started this podcast wanting to tell the stories of the Cowboys and Cowgirls having an impact on the Western world right here in the South. While the majority of the Cowboy world is focused out West, I wanted to shine a spotlight on our neck of the woods. So pour a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Southern Cowboy. I've got my friend Mike Moore joining us today. Mike is the owner of Buckaroo Hatters in Covington, Tennessee where he is making some of the finest cowboy hats in this part of the country. There are a lot of things that distinguish a good cowboy, but two of the most defining are a fine horse and a well-made hat. And Mike is ensuring that there are good quality hats to be had. Mike, thank you for taking the time to join us as we discuss the world of hat making. Thank you, JB, for
1: having me down here. Looking forward to answering questions that you may throw at me. And also speaking about the fine horse, Not because I make hats, but I just cringe every time I see someone riding a horse with a baseball cap
0: on. So, I love that you said that because the first question I had written down that I wanted to ask you was that exact phrase. I remember you and I talking a few years ago. You had made the comment that it is disrespectful to a horse to be horseback in a ball cap versus a good cowboy hat.
1: I still stand behind that to this day right now because those animals deserve to have a good horseman on their back and that horseman needs to have a western hat on whether it's a factory made hat or a custom made hat from a competitor of mine or myself to me that just defines being a cowboy or a cowgirl on a horse
0: for sure i mean that's for some you you could argue that it's just a sales pitch you're trying to make, but it's exactly what you said. You don't care if it's a competitor, if it's a factory-made hat. I don't. You just, you just want to see get that is exactly right in cowboy hats. So. And I'm glad
1: to see some of the new rules are starting to be enforced, or at least the old rules are being enforced. That they're the barrel racers are having to have one on their head when they go into the arena. Right. If it falls off, you know that's some points added. But I'm seeing a lot more local saddles uh, clubs that are enforcing all of us to wear a hat well, a western hat a lot
0: of the rules you see it's either cowboy hat or helmet if somebody wants to wear right. a helmet fine, that, that, i understand fine. that but yeah let's get away from no hat or ball cap that's correct and and the i agree with you i, I always love that, <laughs> that, that you said that because there is there there show the horse some respect yes and, care, and you're caring about the horse's appearance you, you go through all the trouble to bathe them get them looking good that's it get yourself looking good that's ditch, it ditch the t-shirt ditch that's the ball it cap thank and look you
1: good thank you <laughs>
0: uh so man what initially got you into the art of hat making and i say the art because there really is a true artistry to it it is well
1: it kind of goes back you know i'm I hate telling how old i'm i'm 69 now and i've always worn a cowboy hat since i was a little bitty boy from about three years on sometime in the early 70s I got to having some custom Western hats built, and I got into doing some historical reenactments of the Old West and Civil War, and I couldn't find hats, modern hats that looked like what I saw in original photographs. So I'd take a, a store-bought hat or a custom hat I had at that time, and I'd do things to it and cut the crown and sew them lower and go to the event people buying off my head. Well, sometime about in the... Early 2000s, I decided looking ahead in my career that uh, maybe I would like to learn how to make hats. I'm kind of artistically talented. And I got on this quest to see about making them. I thought, well, maybe I can supplement my retirement, Social Security down (coughs) the road, making a couple of hats a year. Well, I started on that quest, and there was no one to teach me how to make a hat. So it was trial and error. But I believe that helped me become the hatter that I am Uh, because it allowed me to make huge mistakes. I still make mistakes, but it makes you make a better product. But the reason I got into it was because I could not find the hat that I liked, and that's what got me into it.
0: So what did the, those early hats you were trying to make yourself, what did that look like? Were you getting a lot of the raw hat bodies in and then just trying from that stage? or? Oh, no.
1: I was taking, for instance, a factory-made hat, okay. whether it was yeah. one of the big-name factories yeah. at that time. And I would do things and to the hat and change the shapes, drastically look like a historical yeah. photograph. And that's what got me on this quest. And I never will forget when I finally found out where the hat bodies were coming from, uh, I drove up to that plant, knocked on the door, took the tour, and I was absolutely, JB, blown away of these antique machines and all of the people it took to make what I call a raw hat body that I would buy.
0: Talking about you know buying the raw hat bodies and the equipment involved in it. The equipment hasn't changed a whole lot in hundreds of years jb that process
1: of when that raw fur comes into that plant whether it's the plant i buy my blank from or there's one big factory i'll just say it it's hatco which is stetson and resist all down in longview texas they make their own hat bodies it is it looks like eli whitney cotton (laughs) gins that is cleaning this fur up and it's just fluffy down but no, that, that equipment has not changed in over 110 years. I even have some equipment that dates back to the turn of the century that I currently use in my custom hat
0: shop. Well, I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not making new versions of this. If you want to continue this art, you got to have the equipment to do it and the equipment is just old equipment.
1: That's it's old equipment and some of the old equipment I've been fortunate enough, I can uh, duplicate some things that I have sold to other hatters across the United States and uh, a hat press, a crown iron and a spinner. So I have taken upon myself in producing these other items that are desperately needed into any hat maker's uh, hat making process to help th- him or her make a
0: beautiful hat. So. Talk about some of the equipment specifically and, like, what are some of these machines that that you're dealing with? The the rarest machine
1: that I have currently at my hat shop, and out of there's probably 150 of us custom hatters, and I know quite a few of them. This one machine is called a finger blocker, and probably only 25 of us custom hat makers have a real finger blocker. And what it does, it uh, you take the right size ring, if I'm making a hat for you, say a seven and an eight, I put the right ring in there, I drop well, the hat. I
0: love that you remember my head size. I do. <laughs> you
1: know. uh, so I put the hat, the raw hat body, I put it in the finger blocker, and I close the finger down to hold it, then I turn the steam loose, and I've got your hat block that I stick in there, and it allows me two things, to put that hat block flush into that hat all the way, But it keeps that brim nice and somewhat flat. So when I sand that crayon, I don't have to spend a couple of hours with a hand iron trying to get the ripples and wrinkles out of that brim, which slows the process down for sanding the brim. And by the way, it takes eight hours from start to finish roughly to make a hat From the time I get that raw body time we block it we sand it with different grits we burn it we sand it we burn it we sand it we iron it crown and brim bands fitted sewn in shaping it is absolutely an eight-hour process there's
0: a lot of work that goes a lot on of
1: work it. but we put our heart we put our heart and pride into every hat people that i've trained i've told them don't chase the dollar you've got to put your heart and soul into it uh, my theory is I want you wearing the hat, not the hat wearing you is what it boils down to. I love it.
0: So let's go back to you getting into it. So you, you went to the factory, took a tour, couldn't believe the old equipment and everything. Mm-hmm. So at what point did you start then going, I'm going to try to totally do this on my own, but open a shop and and what was that process? That, that process,
1: it, it's kind of a unique story. I was at home. I, I had no idea really how the hat making was done. I had read some old books that talked about putting them in hot water. And i never forget this day at my house, I had a big uh, propane pot that you do turkeys in. And I had a boiling pot of water out there. And I had this hat body stuffed down in there. And I had the big long rubber gloves on. I had... My wife drove up in the driveway and see me beside the driveway doing this. Goes, what are you doing? And JB, this is funny. I wore a seven and a quarter, so I had a seven and a quarter hat block. I got that hat out of there, and it was extremely hot from that hot water. And I pulled it down on that block, and I noticed that brim started just pulling in. So I took it off, put it back in there, and I went into the house and got my uh, staple going so i got it back out pulled it down had it on a piece of plywood and i stapled it but anyway it poured it loose again well i went ahead and sanded the hat the next day took me about four hours to sew a sweatband i didn't know how to do it i sewed a sweatband and i put it on my head and it set up on top of my head like it was two sizes too small i did another one same thing again it did not dawn on me that you have to block a person's hat one hat block size bigger than what they currently wear to accommodate for the sweatband and from that I started making them at the house just for some friends and so forth a few cowboy action shooters here again thinking just a little extra money maybe 10 hats a year started getting more busier at the house more busier I went from a small room in the house to occupying the complete two and a half car garage then I started filling up that and inside the house, and my wife said, it's time you find a place to take this to. And I thought, oh Lord have mercy, how am I going to afford the the rent, the insurance, and so forth? It was the best thing that I ever did, was taking my craft and moving from my
0: home to a location. What I love is you walk into your shop, you know, the wall of hats, all the stuff you have in there besides just the hats, the the relics and artifacts, and it it gives off such a unique feel. Did you have a lot of that stuff, or was it... uh, Some of it was my personal
1: stuff. A lot of the the, the back-wing chaps, the shotgun chaps, some saddles, riattos, they were my personal stuff. Uh, A lot of the mounts that you've seen in the store were some that belonged to me, some I have bought from people, good friends of mine that have killed them. But what I wanted to do, JB, I wanted to exceed anybody's expectations when they walked into my store. They knew they were coming to a custom hat store. So for instance, if you're going to drive an hour or two hours to go get a hat at a custom hat shop, you want to see hats. You don't want to see four or five just You want to see an array. That was my number one goal, which was to exceed your expectations when you walk into that store. People come in right now JB, they stand there for ten minutes just looking around at everything in there from the Western decor to the hats, and they absolutely cannot believe the, the the beauty of what that store looks like.
0: Well what I what I love is when you do walk in you've got all you know, you got your wall of hats, and then you've got as we said, all about different artifacts and paintings and artwork and stuff on the wall. But then you start looking at the old equipment you've got. And you honestly feel like you're stepping back in time when you walk in that shop. That you're in a hat shop from, you know, not not a... 2022 but 1922 correct uh it's just it gives off such a great feel when you walk in yes and that's that's what we that's what i wanted and 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 by hearing you say
1: that and others such as yourself that that i feel like i've accomplished that personal goal that i that i wanted to achieve and and, and i appreciate you saying that for
0: sure so what are the advantages to buying a custom hat over just an off-the-shelf hat Uh, that's uh uh, I, I hear that every day, at least once a day,
1: maybe three times a day in the hat shop. The The custom, custom hat allows you, the customer, to not have that exact cookie cutter look that comes with the box factory hats. For instance, if you wanted your hat to have more dip in the front, you want your sides out w- wider, or if you wanted a different color bound edge sewn on your hat at a western wear store with the boxed hats to get a certain color bound edge on your hat, it has to be ordered. And it could take, as of right now, some of them are out 9 and 12 months getting hats to these western wear stores. We can do it that day when you come to pick up your hat. But the main thing is the the, the hat body itself, the feel of that hat, and I will tell you this, wearing one of my custom hats or my competitors that buy the same hat bodies I do, when you're in the saddle and a rain comes, you do not have to worry about seeing a black or brown or gray dye coming out of the hat onto your face or staining your saddle because ours are high pressure dyed.
0: And not just that, it's going to hold its shape. It will hold its I, shape. I've, I mean, I've been in some rainstorms, snowstorms, where my hat has just gotten dumped on and it you know, it dries out and looks as good as it did the the, the yes,
1: day uh i got it from that's you. exactly right you know i have another friend such as yourself over in arkansas <coughs> that uh bought a custom hat 100x and he showed a video where it fell off in a creek and the mule stepped on it and drove it way down into the water into the <laughs> mud when they showed fishing it out of there jb you couldn't hardly tell it was a hat he took it to the barn, rinsed it off with the water hose, let it dry, and basically it went right back to what it looked like when he got it from me. And that's the difference right there.
0: So I want to clarify that we are talking about strictly felt hats. Yes. That we're we're not talking straw hats. Straw hats is a whole nother Correct. another ball game. Uh, but the the term used a lot in hat making is is this many X's? Explain. Explain what the X's are. Boy, that that right
1: there is is mind-boggling in its own self. it's mind-boggling. Uh, the 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 X rating. Now, when we go back, uh, we as a nation in the turn of the century up through the 30s and 40s were you know kind of illiterate to some degree. Flour, tobacco, sugar was all done. 1X was a a very coarse, the 10X was a more finer thing. Uh, The big hat guy back in the day, uh, his pure beaver was a 10X, which was all beaver. We custom hatters, we get three grades of hat bodies. We get a raw 100% pure beaver, which all of us call that a 100X. The next body that we buy from that facility, they call it a beaver blend. It's 50% beaver fur and 50% wild hair. Most of us will call that R50X. And then the entry level hat is pretty much about 15 to 20% beaver fur and the rest of us made it for wild, wild hair. Now, no disrespect to the box hat manufacturers, but you have no idea what percentage of Hair or beaver is in it. They've got them from 4X to 5X, 7X, 15, 30, 40. I've even seen 200X in some hats. Matter <laughs> of fact, I saw one one time where it is a 200X. It looks kind of like the hat me and you wear constantly. So I bought this and I knew right out the gate for $149 it wasn't going to be a beaver. So right. I bought it, brought it in, and from 5 foot uh it looked pretty good. But then when you hold it in your hand, you feel it was as rough as a a, 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 a a wool sack. Uh It was coarse, had cheap inferior sweatband. And just over the course of a month, it was just sitting on the stand. The brim just lost its shape and everything. So what I'm trying to tell people is, don't be buffaloed and always think that this 20x or 30x or 40 or 7 or 15 you know it, it, you're getting a quality hat because there is no regulation in our industry of that so i could stamp a thousand x or a million x yeah. but i'm just deceiving you as the public when what i'm buying i rate mine that away
0: reason to buy a custom hat we talk about the The quality of it that's going to hold up. The durability it's going to last you. I mean, I've had uh, hats that you made 10 years ago for me. Right. That if I took them into you, you can get it cleaned up and still I can keep wearing it. Yes. Uh, But the other reasons are just, as you said, the custom factor behind it is you can come in, get that custom fit. Where it's going to fit you like it's supposed to. But then also you can get as unique as you want to with the design of that
1: hat. Right. Uh, What we do is when you you came in the first time, we asked you a couple of questions, I'd ask all the customers that. We try on a couple of hats, I pull a tape measure around your hat, we have some templates that we use to kind of get that fit, and I'll make notations on the paperwork when I'm building the hat. For instance, uh, you're a little bit on the long oval side with a little bit of push in the front. Uh, We have a device we can put onto your head, we can get a paper doll imprint of that. And we take that imprint and go to another device. And when I've measured your head, I know what size it is. And I can use that device to put in there. And that's going to get us within just a millimeter of fitting you perfect. I, I, I take a lot of times, I will take my wallet when a person's got their hat on their head. And yeah, that feels really good. And I'll throw my wallet on the floor and I'll ask you or the person to no, pick, pick it up. So then when they bend over, the hat doesn't fall off their head. Now, granted, me and you, have had our custom hats. I custom it my own self. And I can shake my head violently enough and I can make my hat come off. But you don't want your hat hurting you in the front. You don't want it to give you a headache. You don't want to be able to stick your whole hand up the sides. And that's the problem with store-bought hats. You have to be stuck with what they have. Either you can stick both hands up the side or it hurts you so bad in the front and back you go, I don't want to wear this thing. So that's why you need to work with a custom hat maker.
0: Well, and you know, you're able to educate people when they come in on how a hat is supposed to fit. Because so many people do, they, they'll they stick one on their head and, and they're used to, oh, it, it's comfortable, but it's the problem is typically it's too loose. So, for just the average customer maybe wanting to come in and just wear one around town or something like that, it's fine. But if it's somebody specifically coming in to be horseback, you know, if it's a barrel racer coming in, they're going to be going fast. They need to have that thing sitting on their head. And they may, you know, especially a woman may not wear hats a lot and doesn't know how does this hat really need to fit my head. And you'd
1: be surprised how many horse people that have been wearing hats for a long, long time. Still, are confused how that hat should fit on their head and mention the barrel racers. The barrel racers have to get their hat fitted to their head just perfect, uh, and sometimes they've got some tricks they'll use inside their sweatband to help that. But they just, most of the barrel racers are going to jam their hat down onto their head a little bit just for that extra tightness, and then once they broke through the barrier and are over with, they'll put it back in that comfort zone where it's supposed to be sitting at uh you'll see a lot of rough stock riders in the rodeo they'll if you'll watch you'll see they've got their hats jammed down where their ears are just laying over but when they're through they bring that hat back up to that comfort zone right there
0: (coughs) so let's get into customer comes in the shop for the first time let's walk through that whole process so they come in one of two things either They've been wearing hats their whole life and they're ready to finally get that first custom hat or they've never worn a hat before ever. What is what's that whole process like? Let let's just
1: pretend the customer comes in and has never really worn a hat, or maybe he had a cowboy hat back in the seventies. But you know. What I usually will ask, I said, uh what are you kind of looking for? Are you looking for a western hat? Or are you looking for a dress hat, like which is a fedora? Are you looking for something that's kind of an in-between? Kind of tell me how you plan on wearing the hat. And so we'll go from that. Then I will ask them, you know, do you want this hat for the long-term durability? Or is this something you just want to wear occasionally, maybe once a month? You and your wife are going to dinner. You're taking your date out somewhere. you want this certain style hat on? Uh, Once they've answered those two or three questions, then the next thing is we go back to the mind-boggling process where they're overwhelmed. All of the different colors that are available in the different grades of fur. Uh, What tickles me sometimes is uh, the, the gentleman that will spend hours trying to pick out the color, and will have to ask his wife or girlfriend, does this going to look good with this pair of chaps or whatever? That kind of tickles me where you, me, guys and girls that have been horseback for many, many years, hey, it fits, let's go with it, and let's go, okay?
0: (laughs) I'm not with to a certain extent. Now, where I get so particular is when I start getting mine shaped just like I am Everybody
1: is, and we tell everybody the
0: little secret, hey
1: you've been paid for the hat get all the free steam you want which (laughs) means we will spend from 10 to an hour and a half because yes jb me you him over here we all have a certain look and if that hat is just not right in that brim or that crown or that valley sometimes me the hatter can't quite see that for instance this hat that you've got on right now it's white over your ears, got the good brim break in the front, hey, I don't want my customer to leave that shop unless they're happy with that hat, okay? And it does not matter to me, Rock, your big A, if it takes us 10 minutes of pre-shaping that hat while you're there or an hour and a half. You don't leave. And then, by the way, that hat that you got from me has a lifetime of reshaping free of charge. Uh, so that's another great thing about buying a custom-made hat from from me. That hat from me, a lifetime of reshaping. Where a store-bought hat, when you bring it in there, yeah, I, I charge forty dollars yeah. to work on someone
0: else's hat. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, you and I have talked about this before, though, but on the shape of the hat, and when a customer's sitting there trying to figure out what they want to go with the depending on what shape you go with can totally change your look and personality and uh, it it just you know if you're used to one particular style on your head you put something else on and oh my gosh it looks like a different person
1: correct and I can even say about my own self I absolutely love the way some Gus hats you know the standard looking looks on certain people when I put one on myself i go gosh that just doesn't look right on me there are a few individuals that i promise you it doesn't matter what kind of hat that they put on their head they seem to wear any kind of hat perfect but about 90 percent of us including yourself there's just certain hats that have that look that we feel comfortable in and don't like getting out of our comfort zone. For I sure. wear a squared off front, a yeah. uh, Cattleman's crease with about a four and a quarter inch brim. Uh, when I've gone to a four and a half, I, with, with the same crease in it, it just looks too big on me. And a lot of times people will come to me, JB, building a hat, when I look at their facial structure, their shoulder structure and so forth, and they tell me they want this big wide shovel front end, I go, sir. That that may be a little bit too. That's what I want. I say, yes, sir. So we'll build it, and JB they'll come pick that hat up about a month or two later, and they'll put it on, and you can see immediately in their face and their eyes when they look in the mirror. They go, hmm. Then they ask us, hey, can you cut this brim down? <laughs> you know. So we oblige them and we do it. But a lot of them. Uh, Do listen to me and Rocky and Big A about the brim width. JB, in my opinion, the brim width goes back to my saying, I want you wearing the hat, not not that hat hat wearing you. And that brim will make one big difference the way it
0: looks on you. So, customer, they finally look through all your hats, talk with you. They finally decide on, all right, this is the style I want. Then they got to figure out the color I want. Correct. What's the next step in the process? From that right
1: there, I write up I write up that person's ticket. I make notes on there. Uh, there may be a hat that he or she tried on in the shop. They go, I love the way this hat looks right here, the whole thing. Just want to change the color. So I'll make notations. Sometimes, for instance, so like you've come in and had on a hat. I may even take a picture because a lot of customers say, I want this new hat to look like this hat I've got on. And it can be whether they got a straw hat on or a felt hat. So I'll take a couple of pictures, print those out, and put it with that work ticket. But the key is, one of my key questions is, on a cattleman crease hat, from the brim to the valley, what is that distance you want? Over the last couple of years, most of us seem to be migrating to what we call that four inch to about a four and a quarter. Back in the 70s, our Kalaman Crease hats were up there
0: pretty tall. I've started wearing mine just a little bit taller. Not quite like they were back no. then by any means, but I've started wearing mine just a little bit yep. taller in the crown. Yeah, and, and I've migrated
1: myself. I'm now approaching up on my other hats about a four and three eighths, okay. Yep. It just seems to look and I'm going to shorter brims nowadays, yep. okay?
0: Uh <laughs> so you get the ticket up and going. They've picked out their their style that at what point do you do the fitting?
1: I've already done the fitting, made all the notations okay. on that paperwork. And then once I know that crown height, then I will go back there and pull the appropriate block based upon the circumference of that block and the crown height. Then that's when I go to the finger blocker. I steam it, run that block in there, pull it out, tie special knot and rope onto the hat, let it dry for about a day, And then that's when the long hours of sanding and burning and sanding and burning and ironing come into play. That was just on the crown. Now we got to take the block out of there, put the hat into the plater machine to get that brim. Even though my finger blocker held it pretty much 95% flat, there's still some ripples. So you don't want to sand a board that's got bark on it. So, basically, we get that brim just as flat as we can get it under some hot pressure, and we'll cut that brim to the desired length. We will sand that brim top and bottom here again with massive grits of sandpaper, and then from there, it goes to the back. We measure and fit the sweatband to it. From there, I sew the sweatband into the hat. I look at the ticket and see if there was any kind of bound edge on there or special ribbon requirement. I will build the ribbon, put onto the hat for the hat band, sew the bound edge on it. At this time, J.B., the hat is still in the open crown flat brim. Then from there, we take it to the steam table where we hit the hot steam. You can't manipulate and shape a hat really with a tea kettle on the kitchen stove. I've done it before I went out in the early days in the 70s to go out on a date. I'd get the tea kettle and I'd tweak a hat just a little bit. But to give that hat that that shape that that customer called for, you need that massive hot dry steam. So then what we will do, we will get that hat shaped like that customer had asked for and probably 90%. of the time we've nailed it when you come walking in the door but there's always which we don't mind ladies and gentlemen we don't mind when you ask for say a 6 inch wide front and you decide you want to go to a 4 or vice versa we don't mind Uh, so that's the process JB of measuring getting the right color the right thing that you want on your hat the shape and get it on your head when you walk out that door happy customer
0: Time frame? What's what's turnaround looking like right now? From the time a customer walks in the door to when they can come back for that final fitting. Uh, in, in the winter time, say from about the
1: first of October through early February, the sooner the better. That's uh, we get really booked up because felt hats are worn mainly in the winter. Right. Right now, uh, I have lots of hat bodies in stock. Uh, so right now, I can turn one out to you in about three weeks' time. So really,
0: summertime, and I think we've talked about this before, summertime is a great time to go in and get your custom felt hat made. It, J- because it, it's not felt hat season. Everybody's wearing straw hats this time of year. You can, everyone wants to get it so that when they get it, they're ready to wear it immediately. But if you're patient, you can get your hat And then it's ready to go first day. That's cool when it starts breaking. I
1: I would say to anybody that is even thinking about wanting a new felt hat, come in and get that done now. That gives us a chance in the event. Say my boiler was to go down or my sewing machine breaks. I've got time to get it done and get it repaired. But this is the ideal time, really, to be thinking about that felt hat coming up this season. I wear a felt hat all year long,
0: a lot, a lot of your old school cattlemen and that they did. That was it was felt hat year round. I, I, I'm old school in a lot of things. I just can't make myself more felt in July when it's know. 97 degrees you know, You're coming from a family that had a, a ranch
1: out in Texas. Yeah. You know, on my wife's side, the family out in Midland, Odessa, Texas. Yeah. A lot of the hands out there. They will wear a felt hat all year well, long.
0: Well, my grandfather said he he didn't trust any guy that wore a straw hat because it wouldn't stay on his head. It was always blowing <laughs> off, and he was having to go chase yeah. it. But, exactly. I don't know. I got mine secure enough on my head. I think it looks, it you know, the, and that hat, hat that
1: you've got on does look good for your body face structure. So it was a good it was a good choice in shape right there.
0: Different customers you've had come in the shop. Anybody famous you've had come in make a hat for? JB.
1: I've been interviewed by lots of people and they've always asked that very question. Who is the most famous person? You JB, any customer, whether it is a multi-millionaire or someone that is punching a time plot, making minimum wages, when they allow me to make them a hat, all of my customers, all of my customers that I've made hats for are famous to me. I do not separate from this person that's in the TV or music industry or this young man or lady that's working over here is a delivery driver. That does not mean nothing to me. What means to me is that they allowed me to work with them on something that is very, very special to them. So that's the way I've always treated people, and that's the way I'll always do it. I
0: love it so in talking celebrity and movies and stuff one of the things you do a lot of is trying to replicate hats that were worn in particular Red. movies and you love customers come in and say oh i was always a fan of this western can you make me a hat that so i look just like john wayne did in whatever movie
1: yes we have we've done that i've been very fortunate i've made hats for several motion pictures i've made hats that have been used in uh several series uh, on tv uh and Every day when we get a hat order, it's usually going to be one uh, that someone wants a hat to look like. Such a matter of fact, JB. I am on hat number fourteen for this one customer. That we're making a total of fourteen unique hats. Each hat is a different style from a Western movie worn by different characters. So we're on wow. the last one right now, and they will all ship to this gentleman in California. Wow.
0: Okay. that That's pretty <laughs> neat. Uh, one of the other things you do that still baffles me is the aging you can do of a hat. Oh, and I say it baffles me because I'm a guy who wears hats every day, and mine come back pretty naturally. Right. Where. <laughs> that, they, they you know especially they talk about like the straw hat i got on my head like you know by the end of this summer it'll look pretty rough yeah. uh that that's very funny
1: because uh, people come in they look at it we do have a lot of hats on the wall that are brand new hats that look very worn looking and uh, i get tickled when I tell people, yeah, I, I charge extra to make a new hat look old. For somebody like you or me, hey, I can put a hat on within a month and a half's time. It's going to look like some of the movie hats that I've made. Yeah. I, I learned how to do the aging and distressing of some hats and clothes and leather gear long time ago from a gentleman and people that I have trained over the years to be hatters the first thing out of their mouth is they want to hey how do you age this and i say look that's one thing i'm not going to share with you
0: well and you know talking about making him four different series or movies and stuff that is one thing that that is the time it does make sense if you want uh, that character to have a hat that looks well worn and used that is correct and uh one
1: of the motion pictures that i did that was one of the main requirements on a couple of hats that that person was portraying and wearing they wanted that hat to look like that hat was 7 to 10 years old but it was a brand spanking new hat and uh, the director uh, told me said that uh, the hat really made that person's uh Persona dead on the money because the way it looked.
0: I'll just bring you some of my old ones and you can sell them to them and then I'll get a new one <laughs> Hey, I, I, I,
1: I have people, i tell them that too. Let me, let me have your old hat. But you know though, JB, we have people that have, uh, that have come in and had new hats. They'll come in with their spouse and their hats, you can tell they're 30, 40 years old. They've just got that well-worn yeah. look to them and they're very, very hesitant about wanting to buy a new hat because it's like that comfort blanket to a child. It just fits so perfect, that look that he or she's done to it. Uh, And I always say, hey, I'd love to have that hat because I know somebody I could sell that to and quadruple my money on. You know,
0: we spend a lot of time talking about cowboy hats, but fedoras is another one of your big sellers. Yes, Yes. and that's, that's kind of a funny topic
1: because... I, look, I pride myself making the fedoras that were worn by my grandfather, your great-grandfather, so forth, That uh, of the vintage era. And they were a little bit taller in the crown. And what's funny, I'll have guys that will come in that want a fedora, and, J.B., they've been wearing baseball caps all their life. You know, they're tight yeah. to the crown of their head. And they'll come in and put a hat, a fedora on, and the first thing they do, they look in the mirror, they go, ooh, that just looks so tall on me. Because uh, even people that want a western hat that wear baseball caps, they think the crown of our hats just looks so tall. But we make a lot of fedora hats, or some people refer to them as dress hats, okay? And here again, it's the same hat body, the same process. There's no no shortcuts whatsoever. There's no shortcut on a pure beaver hat versus my entry-level hat. There is no shortcuts. It's all the exact same process to make that hat.
0: Well, and I love that you are making those fedoras and stuff because you know, I'm a cowboy hat guy. But I, I, I wish we would see more people wearing hats like we used to, and not just the ball cap. And unfortunately, we live in a day where ball caps are so easy to put yes. on. But just from especially going out having style to what we did, you know, you look back to generations past and. Uh and men in particular cared about their appearance when they went somewhere and a hat was a a part of that that appearance. You know, it was a if it was wintertime you had a suit on, you had a big long coat on, and you had a good hat on. You did. I look at pictures of my grand I
1: remember my grandfathers quite fondly. They had two hats, they had their winter hat and their summer hat. They never, never, never left the house without one of those hats on even go back and look at the period in time in history, women wore a magnitude of hats. The whole population from young boys to the women to the men always wore Uh, a hat. I
0: look look back at episodes of I Love Lucy and there was one where Ricky was getting on tour because he opens up the closet door and she had a whole just (laughs) stack of hat boxes
1: in there. But I I love hats. I love seeing people with hats. Uh, I'll have people come in I uh, had a gentleman that came in from South Dakota about two weeks ago, passing through. Ordered a custom hat, and he had a custom hat on his head. And a very nice friend of mine, a beautiful hat. Uh, so you know, I, I, I compliment when I see a good-looking hat, and tell the person, "Hey, you got you got a good hat. You got a great hat body by that custom hatter right
0: there." So, an the annoying question I get asked every now and then when I'm wearing a hat somewhere by just people outside of our world or will ask me, man, is that a 10-gallon hat? And I kind of just, no, no, and just kind of shrug it off. But you hear that phrase thrown around so often of 10-gallon hat, and and this is how I understand it, but correct me if you understand it any differently. I, I think the term originated south of the border in Mexico from a term called galon, which was for a braided hat band, and that meant a 10 gallon or 10 gallon you could fit you know 10 of those hat bands on the crown of that hat and then it anglicized into the word gallon is that correct or do you understand it differently i have heard that statement before i've also heard that
1: uh, at the turn of the century you know when the tv early days the silent movies the big crowned hats and i even remember stetson having a logo in some of their hats back long time ago that would show a cowboy by a creek with his hat off his head with a picking up a bucket of water that was in his hat, letting his horse drink out of it, and the crowns bottomed out, and I'd heard that it was from that right there. But when you look at those silent movies, those early 1930s, hey, those men had some big hats on. The rallies in Mexico, the big tall crowned hats, the big wide brims. Uh, I look at all hats, and they're all beautiful. People have no idea how long it takes in the artistry, work that goes into making these hats especially those with those beautiful elaborate hat bands that are made for these hats
0: let's go back to the talking about the hat bodies in particular where where's that material coming from what is the process of getting just to the raw hat bodies okay on on a beaver hat all beaver fur is trapped in North
1: in North America. That's you know, Northern United States up through Canada. That fur is then uh, sent to a processing plant, where that fur is then is cleaned, somewhat cleaned up, and it comes back into the hat factory. I'll just say it's Winchester, Tennessee, and when you know, they get that. It, that fur comes in. It looks like a, a five hundred pound bale of cotton and it's been graded, and then from there, they throw it in their machines to clean it up. The first machine, here again, was like an Eli cotton cleaner. (laughs) It cleans out some rough brambles and sticks that's in that fur. Then it goes into another one that looks like it, and that fur, JB, is just as fluffy. It looks like cotton candy floating in the air, okay? And then from there, it goes to a processing room where it's weighed and going onto a big tall cone and be shrunk and so forth. The 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 other component of the the fur that goes into our hats uh, comes from the wild hair that's coming from Scotland and parts of Europe. Okay. There used to be at one time, uh, the neutras in South Louisiana and across the marshes, at one time hats were made out of neutra. There are still some bodies that people are wanting a neutra hat. Uh, we also make a chinchilla and we make a mink hat. Uh, and, you know, to me, the mink and the chinchilla, JB, I cannot tell any difference in the the, the the fit of it or the feel of it when i do that hundred x hat i've made for you that pure beaver yeah. to me i think it's just more of a a bragging rights to some yeah. people okay uh so but that's how the fur is is harvested how it's taken care of and how it comes back to the states
0: now here lately you and i've talked about how hard it has become to to get hat bodies in oh it's, it's been difficult as we all
1: know with the, the the coronavirus having things shut down the plant losing employees from being sick during that the the trucking industry trying to guess. but what i have done way way before this ever i would spend my extra money and buy hat bodies for inventory and uh, i have a very very good selection of hat bodies in stock right now i can't say that if you were to walk in wanting a 100 percent pure beaver in red if i've got that so if i have to order that hat body it could take jb anywhere from one month to six or seven months to get that in okay but i I, I'm, i'm very lucky a lot of my hatter friends call me and begging, Mike, do you have this natural little silver belly, <laughs> you know, and I I hate trying to tell them mm, no when I really go, because I need that for you, Michael. Yeah, my culture, yeah okay? you're, you're
0: giving away your
1: inventory. Exactly. I have ribbon. I have ribbon. I bought ribbon uh, years ago that uh, is as old as your father and me put together in age wise, okay.
0: Yeah, there's a black hat that you did for me that one time that we put yes. that antique ribbon yeah, on. Yeah, that, that, that really ribbon good. was from the
1: 1920s, okay. Yeah. And I had enough. I've got enough to do maybe two more hats with that on there. Uh, I went to a big auction one time uh, in Missouri where Beaver Brands went out of business. Big auction, and I bought all the ribbon they had up there. And some other items. And so I was not afraid to spend money back then just looking looking to the future. Matter of fact, I have got enough sweatbands that I've ordered in the last nine months that I can probably make another 600 hats. But hey, about three weeks ago, I ordered another 244 sweatbands from the factory out of New York. I just want to have them. I don't like
0: running out. So, talked about customer can come into your shop. You also will set up sometimes at different events. Yes. Wanting to do some more local events and set up for some of those stuff like at the Agri Center or something like that and get, just where folks can, can come see what you got, talk to you about hat making other than having to come all the way right. to Covington
1: to the shop. Right. You know, I used to travel to uh, some events in Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, they were different kind of events, but as we own now, you know, fuel is so is so expensive, and pulling that big trailer, which I would set up, people could walk into. I'm now starting to focus that I like to do more things that are in the local tri-state area that may be within that 125 to 150 mile radius that allows me to be able to get there set up and and, and be able to show what i can do and that people touch and feel everybody wants to touch and feel okay and i'm hoping to maybe do something others at some upcoming events maybe at the Agri center if they'll allow me to well
0: and you know Talking about keeping it local, you are one of the few hat makers really this side of the river. That is correct. Uh, The closest, uh,
1: there, there are some hat people I have trained that uh, there's there's a young lady down below jackson mississippi okay. that makes mainly uh ladies fashion looking western hats you know yeah. there's that younger crowd that likes those flat brims you know that i, I trained a gentleman down in uh, central georgia he's doing quite well over there we've got a young lady up above gunnison colorado uh that's making hats but to answer your precise question I am the true only Western hat maker if you get down to it within about a 400 mile radius of Memphis, Tennessee. That's awesome. You know, and that's been very lucky because uh, I've got great competitors in Oklahoma and Texas. We have a great relationship, uh, but there was a big need to have
0: something like and
1: I, I'm glad to see other hatters opening up because yeah. that's more people wearing hats and more exposure, okay? like well, we
0: talked about at the beginning that just ultimately you want to see I do. see people
1: in hats. I do. I want to see hats being worn. And people ask me this a lot of times. Uh, when, when do you take your hat off, you know? I take mine off really in two places. I take it off at church, and I take it off to get my hair cut, okay? <laughs> you know. When I go to a restaurant, when you go to a restaurant nowadays, JB, there's no place set up for no, me and you the, to put there our are hat and coat racks like And you used so today. in reality, you know, I'm gonna keep mine on, on my head there, okay? Uh, if I come to your home as an invited guest for dinner, I'll take my hat off there, you know, yeah. and so forth, yeah. just for a sign of respect. Yeah. But uh, I would like to see Things set up where when you and I walk into a restaurant, we could have our hat safely close to us. But let's face it, you know, the, I,
0: I'm not putting my, you know, no, I've spent the kind of money on a hat that I'm gonna spend with you yeah, getting exactly. one made. I ain't leaving that no. thing by the front door unattended, no. nor no. am I going to cram it under my you know seat at a restaurant. No. Like
1: Exactly, me either. And there used to be uh, movie theater seats here in Memphis that had a place underneath the seat where a person could take their fedora hat off and yeah. slide it in that little tray while they watched the, the, right. the movie and everything. Those things well, are long those gone. Those
0: are gone, I sure ain't putting anything under no, a movie theater no, seat. No, 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 <laughs> not nowadays. So... Uh, Customer deciding they want to come get a hat made. The best thing probably to do is come up to the shop, see you in person. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're open, JB.
1: Uh,
0: right now, we're open on
1: uh, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Okay. Uh, we're closed on Sundays right now during the summer. We close uh, Sundays from Memorial Day. We'll reopen on Sundays after Labor Day. So after Labor Day, we'll be open on Thursday, sure. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, you can come see me on thursday and friday from uh, 10 to 4 saturdays we're open at the shop in covington from 10 to 5 we'll even stay late if someone's coming out of town got hung up in traffic just pick up the phone say Mike, we're running late no problem just come on we're waiting and, on and you. you're you're right there on the covington town square oh you can't miss yeah. us okay yeah. right on a corner building right across the street from the bank right in front of the courthouse and the police station is two doors down so i got you covered anyway you come and act up <laughs> <laughs> well
0: so do the customers have an option if they live several hours away and can't make the drive is there a way to get a custom hat made yes. mean, the, the fit's going to be a little bit harder a little bit harder
1: story, but, but... jb those customers that do that i'll ask some questions what brand have you been wearing Cause i know what brands are round ovals, which are long overs? So I'll ask a few questions. And to my knowledge, I've not had anybody that I've shipped hats to all around the world tell me the hat didn't fit them. And those people that wear hats like me and you and this gentleman here, uh, if we got one sent to us, and it's a little, little little snug. We know that wearing it, get a good hot sweat in it. Or hey, here I'll go back to the what I said I don't use much. I'll take the tea kettle, I'll steam it just a little bit, put it on my head, you know, and and it's good to go. But yes, we make a lot of hats that go out of of town, and I never see that customer's face or have the chance to shake their hand. Yeah.
0: Well, I highly suggest anybody looking to get a hat, go see Mike, and he will take care of you and get what's hopefully the best hat you've ever put on your head. Thank you. Uh, I've... I i'm up to four or five of them now. i think and, you are your dad's got one i think yeah, I'll, from and me and we'll, we'll, we'll keep i know i'll keep coming back to you yeah. uh i'm if it's up to me i get a new one every year but my budget doesn't always allow it no. but but i don't need to because they like we said they last they last and but i know i'm, I'm going to keep coming back to you and keep getting hats from you as long as you keep making them
1: i thank you and my my wife fusses at me because i wear a seven and a quarter and she'll come in here and she goes, oh that's a beautiful hat and i've kind of got that hat (laughs) off to the side i have too many hats that i build in seven and a quarter yeah and i fall in love with them okay it's just something about it that's just strikes me i go i like the way this one looked i'm gonna keep this for myself (laughs) but i you know so please come see me again.
0: We'll do it Mike. Well, thanks for taking the time to join us and thank you for having me.